This is a re-recording of the drasha that I gave um, for Shabbos Pashas of Yaakov Pekude. I gave it on Friday, on Erev Shabbos, and it was, it was broadcast over Zoom, but the recording didn't come out. So here it is again for those of you who have requested it. Uh, thank you for your request, and uh, I'm honored to try to recapture some of these thoughts. So the way this is going to work is I'm going to give a Dvar Torah that's connected to the Parsha, and even though it's now no longer the Parsha, it's still very relevant uh, and is a nice Dvar Torah, if I do say so myself. <laughs> and the, uh, the conclusion, the end, I'm going to give my top three lessons of the week. And um, the setting is <clears throat> that we, this is our first Shabbos practicing full-on social distancing and really coming to terms with the magnitude of the uh, of the pandemic and the situation that we are we're really experiencing now, uh, and continuing to experience more and more of each day. In any case, the Devar Torah portion is focusing on a pasuk in Pasha's Vayakel, is double Pasha Vayakel Pekude, and in um, in Vayakel the verse says the pasuk says Hashem says to Moshe, um, Ach es Shabsosai Tishmaru, he says, tell Kleisrael that you have to observe my Shabbos because it's an os, it's a side between me and you for generations. That's the translation of the Pasuk. So now, what this is this word ach is curious. It's, it, the translation would be the English word however, but it's even stronger than that. How, however, uh, indicates a certain, um, indicates an exclusion, this and not that. A store announces we carry everything. However, we have run out of hand sanitizer. So that's the word English word, however. And the, English, the Hebrew word ach is even stronger. It represents a halachic exclusion in many cases. So Rashi says, what's being excluded here? When we talk about Shabbos, the exclusion is that you should just know that when you're building the Mishkan, you have to stop building the Mishkan on Shabbos. You may be running with alacrity, you may be all excited to complete the Mishkan, but... When it comes to Shabbos, you have to stop. So the Ramban is troubled by this, this explanation. The explanation that what's being excluded from Shabbos is Mishkan. It's really the wrong way. It should be the other way around. Um, what The way it should be written um, is when discussing the laws of the Mishkan, there the Torah should indicate that on Shabbos there's an exception. Why is it that when we're, dis- when we're discussing Shabbos, we point out an exception in Mishkan? It seems to be the other way around, the wrong direction. So the, um, the uh, Sfas Emes quotes the Chedush Harim, who explains that the reason we don't build the Mishkan on Shabbos is not because it's subservient or less important than Shabbos. This is what the Torah is trying to convey to us by excluding the Mishkan from Shabbos. Rather, there is something about Shabbos that makes the presence of the Mishkan unnecessary. Something about Shabbos subsumes the spiritual energy we get from the Mishkan, and that is why the Torah writes about the exclusion of the Mishkan in the context of Shabbos. So some commentaries explain that the institution of the Mishkan was always Hashem's original plan. It was Lechatchila. Others, like the Sforno, maintain that the Mishkan was only given to the Jewish people 
to Klal Yisrael as an alternative way of connecting to Hashem, since the original way was broken by the sin of the Cheta Egel, of the golden calf that we read about, we read about and we experienced last week in Parashas Kisisa. So the Svarno explains, the original path of Avodas Hashem, of serving Hashem, was, as the Torah describes at the end of Parshas Yisrael, it says, I'm quoting in the middle of a Pasuk here, in every place where my name will be mentioned, where my name may be mentioned, I will come to you and bless you. The original path of connecting, connecting to Hashem was a personal one. We were to experience a personal and direct connection to Hashem without the need for a physical conduit. However, then something broke. Once we sinned with the Cheta Egel, the golden calf, that conduit, that conduit of direct connection was less accessible, and we needed the physical conduit of the Mishka. In these Miras of Shabbos, we sing. I'm not going to sing it here. Don't worry. We sing, Ohavei Hashem HaMechakim Bevinyan those that love Hashem are waiting for the building of the Beis HaMikdash. And in the very next line it says, Bayom ki mata On Shabbos, these, those that love Hashem, that are pained by the Beis HaMikdash, on Shabbos they can overcome their pain. How? Because on Shabbos they rejoice and are joyous, just like our ancestors who accepted the Torah with joy. Commentaries explain that Shabbos has the ability to transport us back to the time before the whole mess happened, before the Cheta Ego. In other words, the reality created by the Mishkan and by Shabbos are the same. What the Mishkan accomplished for us in physical space, Shabbos accomplishes for us in time. It creates a new reality. We have the ability to connect somewhat directly to Hashem without the physical conduit of the Mishkan or the Beis HaMikdash. So to recap briefly the points and to connect them. When the Torah writes about Shabbos, it throws in an extra word, Ach, to exclude the Mishkan, to teach us that the Mishkan should not be built on Shabbos. The Sfasemis explains that the reason why the Torah excludes it within the context of Shabbos and not within the context of the Mishkan is to teach us something valuable about Shabbos. It's to teach us that Shabbos, the reason we don't build the Mishkan on Shabbos is not because the Mishkan has something lacking, but rather it's because Shabbos has something that subsumes the Kedusha, the holiness and the conduit that is the Mishka. And what is that? So we've explained that the Mishkan was necessary, a necessary point of connection because Klai Yisrael sinned at the Chet Egel. They broke that connection with Hashem, the direct connection, and therefore they needed another way of accessing Him through the Mishkan. However, on Shabbos, 
we are taken back, we are lifted up and taken back to the time before the Chet Ego. And therefore we don't need the Mishkan because Shabbos is so much greater because Shabbos lifts us to another place. So that's what the Pasuk means when it says, however you should enjoy my Shabbos. It's about the encompassing nature of Shabbos. That's what the Torah is teaching us by placing the Mishkan clause in the context of Shabbos. On Shabbos, we don't ask for our personal physical needs, bakashas tzrachim. That's the halacha. The explanation of that halacha, there are many different versions of explanation. I once heard that in the name of the Rebbe, the Rebbe of Simcha Mipshischa, that the reason is because on Shabbos, we are transported to a time, to the end of days, about which the Navi Yeshaya predicts, we read this every um, fast day. And it will be, even before you call out to me, I will answer. We are so close to Hashem that He is ready to answer our tfilos, our prayers, even before we call out to Him. This is akin to the idea that on Shabbos, we are raised up and transported to a place of perfection and connection that precedes the Cheta Egel and that will exist at the end of time with the coming of Mashiach, when we recapture that connection to Hashem. <coughs> so this idea refers to the Mishkan. It also refers to our shuls, our Mikdashe Ma'at, our small Mishkans, and our Bati Midrashim, our study halls. And it also can refer, to some degree, to all sorts of opportunities to gather with each other and to connect to each other and strengthen each other in service of Hashem and doing the right thing. And so this week, this past week that I'm referring to, that opportunity to use the Mishkan path of Avoda was, has been suspended. We're now no longer able to congregate in shuls, in Bati Midrashim, to congregate really anywhere. We've been scrambling to replace it with all sorts of other stuff. We have calls to action, stockpiling, although there are many who say that's not the right way to go about things. Checking, scanning, going, doing, trying to address the lack of physical physical connection. But at the time that I originally gave this rush, it was time for Shabbos. And Shabbos is coming up again in a couple of days. As we've explained, Shabbos is designed to fill that lack. The reality of connection that is lacking in physical space is subsumed by the reality of physical time, and that is Shabbos. So that's the Dvar Torah part that was, uh, was really for the purpose of introducing and getting us ready for Shabbos, which hopefully, you know, every day is another opportunity to, to bring in Shabbos. It's not just for Erev Shabbos. Every day <coughs> we have a mitzvah to remember Shabbos. So that is the first piece. Then um, I, I wanted to re-record, again, uh, my top three lessons of the week. I saw several Rabbanim put out their takeaways from the week, so here am I. Takeaway number one. Action takes away from emuna. Emuna can take away from action. As we said, according to the Sforno, the Mishkan was a bidiyevet. It wasn't the way things were supposed to be. So what happened? Why did we lose out on our connection to Hashem? It's because we panicked when we did not have clarity. 
We jumped at the opportunity to do, to act, to solve, try to solve the situation that we were in. That's what led to the Cheta Egel. We saw Moshe Rabbeinu wasn't coming back on time, and immediately we wanted to do something else instead. I know this past week, last Masih Shabbos, as soon as I said the words, Behold, God is um, my salvation, uh, my mind already started to race about the events to come. We started with round-the-clock meetings and agonizing deliberations about if and when to close the Sholem Yonim. Once that painful moment came, we were left scrambling to meet the needs of the community, who now have no central place to come to, no mishkan to congregate in, no physical location to rally around. We pushed out things on Zoom, WhatsApp, emails, texts, schedules, chesed portals to provide assistance to those who could use it, constant communication with community members, all amid constant evaluations, re-evaluations, consultations, meetings, emergencies, urgent announcements, strong recommendations, stronger recommendations, and that was all together with pings and buzzes and whistles of texts and emails and WhatsApps and phone calls, scrolling feeds, news sources, halachic shilas, viral insights, although we can't really use that word anymore, wonderfully welcome humor, and then back to worrying, predicting, reacting, running. I mean, it was crazy, and I'm sure many of you shared some of these uh, realities. And that was the entire week. In the entire week, I was also eating up these wonderful messages of Amuna that were being sent on chats and WhatsApps, and I welcome people forwarding me these divrei chizik, these uh, little nuggets of inspiration. <coughs> but they were like fleeting moments. It was kind of like a snowstorm here in Atlanta. And this is, you know, I um, express my uh, newness to town. I did not experience snowmageddon like many of you here. Uh, but since then, there hasn't been all that much. We've had snow days where, you know, there's lots of noise, lots of predictions, exciting messages, and even some snowflakes. But at the end of the day, none of them actually stick. It's the same thing with these messages. We have all these amazing Amuna messages, really exciting for the moment. It's a great insight. I forward it along, and then I forget what I read, and it really meant nothing to me. So I heard, was hearing these Amuna messages all week long, but I was too busy actually forwarding them to think about them or internalize them. Personally, it's also a pitfall of my job. Uh, I get to be a rabbi. I, I get to try to help people in that way. But I often spend so much time trying to produce Torah messages and forwarding ideas that I need to always be conscious of taking the time to internalize them myself. On the flip side, <clears throat> so that's the concept that action can take away from Amuna. By doing too much action, we don't allow ourselves the opportunity to really inculcate and internalize messages of Amuna. But on the flip side, sometimes we fall back on Amuna as a crutch. Hashem places us in this world where we need to make reasonable decisions, follow the guidance of experts, and take care of ourselves. And this can be very confusing. You know, initially when this whole thing came out, everyone was wondering, is this real or is it hysteria? Are the doctors influenced by the media or maybe it's the other way around? Um, I should have said it the opposite way. Is the media influenced by doctors or is it the other way around? And those are questions we need to be take, take, take seriously, but not to ignore, um, you know, ignore things as hysteria and to wave things aside under the excuse of emuna, and not 
accusing anybody, I'm not speaking about any in particular, but we've all been exposed to groups that um, wave the banner of Amuna and ignore what really should be done under normative um, measures of Hishtadlus. Yet it's true, everything is up to Hashem, including this world where He created us and He created the need for us to take responsible action. And that, that goes for all um, scenarios, including the one that we're in. So that's message number one. Takeaway number one is action takes away from Amuna, and at the same time, Amuna can take away from acting properly. Number two is the concept that the focus needs to be internal. In my humble opinion, in the opinion of my Rebbein. As we mentioned, as we said in the Zmiros, Those that love Hashem are waiting for the building of the Beis HaMikdash. Now, what gives them joy and comfort? The next, is it the messages that Mashiach is coming? Is it some gematria that solves everything? No, the, the Zemer says it's Shabbos. It's their personal connection to Shabbos. <coughs> like those who stood at Harsinai. Each Jew that stood at Harsinai received his or her personal connection to the Torah. The word Yisrael, our name Yisrael, the Shlo says, is Rosh Tevos, is an acronym, Yesh Shishim Ribo Osios La Torah. There's the famous, famous concept, there are 600,000 letters in the Torah. It doesn't mean literal letters, but it means conceptual letters. Every Jew has his letter and his place and his connection to Torah that goes straight from him to Torah to Akash Baruch Hu. Now, we must immediately receive these messages about sources in the Torah tell us what to do at a time like this. Some showed us a Targum, a translation, or a Balaturim that mentions a word in Aramaic that kind of sounds like Corona. And there's all the Mashiach talk all over the world. So yes, we believe the Mashiach is coming, and he is. But we must not let all this Mashiach talk, predictions and messaging, take away from what we need to do. Hashem delivers messages to the world, and they are really tailor-made for us. That's how we have to see it. We have to look internally and see in which ways we can improve what we can learn from this as a community, as families, and as individuals. It's hard to break old habits to learn new things. Anybody who thought of scratching their nose or rubbing their eyes this week knows that. As soon as your hand goes up, uh, you have to stop yourself. Or if you, you know, rubbed your nose, you feel bad about it immediately. Ah, I did it again. But uh, that's what we're being asked to do, to examine our old habits, our old ways of thinking about things, and um, try to work on things internally. So that's message number two, is we have to focus on uh, the focus has to really be internal, even as we're seeing all these general and external messages. And number three, the final message is, this is what Hashem wants. At certain times, He gave us a mishkan when it was needed, and shoals, and sometimes He gives us Shabbos. And sometimes we're not quite sure what He's giving us, but the truth is we always have the opportunity to serve Him in all circumstances. I'll conclude with a personal note. I know our Mishkan was taken away from us, our ability to congregate, and our holy places where we get to congregate. Our Mishkan was taken away for now. 
Um, and that includes minyanim. And as many of you know, uh, my father's yurtzeit is coming up in about a month. My last day to say Kaddish was Thursday afternoon, last Thursday afternoon. And I was getting mentally prepared for that day for months. Many people have a hard time uh, saying Kaddish for a full year. It's difficult. You have to keep track of it. It's a responsibility. Personally, I found it to be a deeply meaningful experience. I was gifted with the opportunity to do something for my father, Zechron Levracha, even though he's no longer here. It's an amazing thing. I was actually dreading the very last Kaddish. When I said Kaddish for the last time, it was on Sunday, last Sunday. And that morning, I had a hunch. I knew the discussions that were coming up, and I had a hunch that that might actually be my last Kaddish in this Tukufa, in this time period. That hunch made it physically difficult for me to get through the words. Unfortunately, at that time, I had others who were saying Kaddish along with me, and they kind of pulled me through because they were with me. But the rest of the week, not only did I not have Kaddish, I didn't have the physical presence of our community pulling me through. And we're all missing that. We're missing that physical presence, that point of physical connection with each other. And we have to remind ourselves consistently that even though it may be difficult, this is really what Hashem wants. I thought that the best thing would be for me to say Kaddish for my father's Zichron Levracha all the way up until the last day. But Hashem didn't think that way. Hashem thought that I needed to work on other things the last few days, and that they would be a zuchus for my father. And it's really a constant battle to think of things in those terms, that ultimately, this is what Hashem wants, and ultimately, this is what's best for us and best for the world. Thank you for listening.